Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday afternoon here real quick with a Fitness Facts episode. Things that can help you regardless of the level you're at, whether it's beginner, intermediate, advanced. I think there's a lot of truths in here and a handful of uh, little facts and tips and hacks you guys can take with you to hopefully shortcut uh, your journey or at least make it make more sense. Uh, have you guys do the things that are going to bring you the most bang for your buck, the biggest ROI in terms of how you eat, how you train, how you sleep, how you prioritize your time, effort, and energy inside the gym. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to read down the list here in great detail for you guys and kind of delete them as I go. So it might take me a second or two. I don't want to repeat myself for you guys. But uh, again, if, if you hear anything, stop it. Uh, set a reminder for yourself, jot it down, pen and paper, uh, because these are some things that can help you guys really make a lot of progress. Things that I, a lot of them admittedly fucked up on and did wrong early in my fitness journey, and even probably a couple years in, in all reality, I've um, education is is power, but education with the application is where the magic really happens. And so if you hear something here, take it with you and really apply it uh, every single day, and it'll be a game changer for your guys' uh, overall health. And a side note, just a reminder, our 34 Day to Fit Challenge is kicking off here April the 22nd. If you want to work with me, Alexia Clark, Nikki Metzger, Tommy Baker, and Ben Novak, we have put together a pretty kick-ass program. Um, so if you love kind of the face-melting Metcon stuff, I coach you guys every step of the way inside of a private Facebook group, and you get everything video delivered to you every single day. So it really is plug-and-play. You guys just have to do the work. Uh, and again, uh, April the 22nd, you guys have six days left to register. If you want to rock with me, we'll have a good time, get you guys set up this spring and rolling into summer, rocking on all cylinders. So with that said, I'm going to start here. We have about 30 or 40 fitness facts kind of put together for you guys, and hopefully um, they're useful. So uh, the first one, uh, eating healthy is not crazy expensive, and it, it's surely not more expensive than junk food, especially when you guys consider the healthcare costs and what it's going to cost you down the road of going super cheap on food. Now, I don't know everybody else's financial situation, what you do. And uh, and again, I've, I've made no uh, secret about this. My wife and I are on a ridiculous, uh, crazy, fast-paced journey to pay our house off. Um, and if we get it done in the time frame, we will have paid our house off in about uh, seven to eight years from the day that we purchased it, which is fucking insane in America because most people live in debt their whole life. My point being is this. As bad as I want to pay that off, like tomorrow, I'm not going to go cheap on food uh, because I know the importance of it. I know how it makes me feel. I know the cost of it down the road if I have something go wrong or if I did something to myself because I, I ate cheap shit and drank cheap, cheap shit and filled my body full of a bunch of garbage. And I don't know where you guys are living right now with your finances and what you do, but obviously for us, food is probably the the short of, you know, chunking down on our mortgage drastically fast, the second biggest expense we have is the food. And I, I'm not really going to budge on that. And I would urge you guys, you know, drive a, a shittier car, uh, live in a smaller house, uh, wear your clothes a little bit longer, wear less fancy brand names, and fill your body with healthy food. That's how important I think it is. Uh, because without our health, literally, we do have nothing. And if I need to set a reminder, remind yourself the last time you had a terrible sinus infection, the last time you had food poisoning, the last time you broke a leg or were out of commission and you couldn't move, you prayed and wished to just be normal. At least I do. Um, when I have a terrible sinus infection and I can't breathe and I can't move and my head feels like it's a 1,000 pounds and I can't train, I can't exercise, I pray just to be normal. 
um, because it, it, I value it that much. So that's tip number one. Number two, you guys, trying to be perfect uh, on your diet, whatever perfect means for you, is going to set you up for failure. I would urge you guys to make progress by, by making small daily changes every single day and creating healthy habits that can last a lifetime. To me, I think that slow earned progress is much better than the I'm going to be perfect for three weeks, you know, look a little bit different, and then completely tank it on week number five after my you know vacation photos are done or after you step on stage. So I urge you guys, don't fuck being perfect. Perfect doesn't exist, not even for me, not for anybody. Um, Admittedly, I'm probably going to go after this to a place called Roaring Fork and eat the, the most bomb-ass burger uh, that is in Scottsdale here. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. So, uh, again, you plan it. You do what you can. But, again, don't worry about being perfect. You guys just worry about making progress. Small daily changes over time are going to compound. They're going to change the way you guys look and move and feel. I promise you that. The next one, it's harder to put on. 10 to 20 pounds of muscle than it is lose 10 to 20 pounds of fat. So for all my dudes out there listening, and I'm not saying women don't like this, but I'm generalizing more often than not to hear men say it. I just want to gain 10 pounds of muscle. Do you know how ridiculously hard that is without gaining a shitload of fat along the way? It's super tough. We, it's far easier for me to prescribe something for people to lose 10 to 20 pounds of fat than it is to put on 10 to 20 pounds of lean mass. Not that it can't be done because it can, but it is a long, slow process. And just know that it's fat loss is tough uh, and building lean muscle is even tougher in my opinion. Next one. Being skinny doesn't necessarily mean you guys are super healthy. And also being skinny doesn't mean you have ridiculously low body fat. Uh, your overall body composition is what matters for you guys. I can't tell you how many people we know who are quote unquote skinny, but they're skinny fat. I was once that way. I was once probably, you know, six to 177 pounds and had no abs and had quite a bit of a little belly rolling after, uh, you know, college basketball was done for me. And I had this time of where I would, you know, basically drink beer, eat Jack's pizza and watch Chappelle show all night. Really not a recipe to be shredded, strong, and healthy. So uh, just know skinny does not necessarily mean you're healthy, and skinny does not necessarily mean you guys have a low amount of body fat. Next one, just because a box says whole grains on it does not mean it's healthy for you. Uh, I don't think I really have to say that, but a lot of you guys sometimes think, well, it says whole grains. Uh, That's a whole different rabbit hole we'll go down. But just know if it says it, it doesn't mean it's healthy. Next one. If you guys have bad food in your house, you're more likely to eat it. And I know that goes without saying. Uh, For you guys who have kids, I have empathy for you. I know it's tough. If they had things like Teddy Grahams and goldfish and uh, chicken nuggets around, I probably would shove a couple in my mouth as well because I miss those things, uh, admittedly. But just know if you're a kind of person who can't keep shitty food in the house, then don't do it. I don't have self-control. My wife and I don't do that. We buy single-serving stuff. And because if it's there... We most definitely will eat it more often than not. Next one. There is a high correlation, you guys, between the the fitness levels you have and the fitness levels of people closest to you. So you are the average of the five people you associate with the most. I think that in terms of how nice you are, how well-rounded you are, uh, probably your financial status, and for surely how fit you are. If you hang around fit people who push themselves, you're going to be fitter because of it. Even if you're the worst person in a group of really fucking fit people, you are beating 99% of the world. If I show up here and we do a day and it's like some Metcon that's really not you know, geared you know, towards me, and let's say Jacob beats my ass and Nick beats my ass and Jesse beats my ass and Lindsay beats my ass and I'm number five or six, hey, if that's the company I'm keeping, I'm totally okay with it because what? I got better that day. You guys are the same way. Next one. 
The outer rim of the grocery store is where probably 90% of the healthy food is and more likely than not where you guys should shop. Now there's going to be random things in aisles, like you might find some chia seeds in an aisle or some bone broth in an aisle, some things that can really help you. But more often than not, eating things that run and swim and fly and grow from the earth is on the perimeter of the grocery store. Next one, eating late at night does not make you fat. Overeating makes you fat. Eating at a calorie surplus makes you fat. Just like lifting heavy weights does not make you big and bulky, eating cupcakes and ice cream makes you big and bulky. It's common sense. Hopefully we have debunked any myth from that. And on a side note, I love you ladies. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're rock stars. You're way stronger and more powerful than you think. You're way more badass than us as men. But for the record, you do not gain muscle super quick. You do not have the hormones or the testosterone in your body to build jacked fucking arms by doing bicep curls with 10-pound dumbbells. It's not going to happen. I have a kid here. His name is Jacob. He lifts heavy as shit. He is not enormously huge. How can that be? He is 24 years old. His testosterone is probably at the height of what it is, and yet he does not weigh 200 pounds even though he's lifting heavy as shit. To prove my point even deeper, one of my good friends, Dave Dries, does not have the biggest legs in terms of size in the world. I have watched this young man squat 315, 315 pounds on his back, four sets of 10 in the bucket. Squatting perfect and low through the heels, 315 for multiple sets of 10. I've also watched the man squat 400 pounds at a weight of 180 pounds. That is ridiculously impressive, but yet he's not super big and bulky. I can give you 100 more people as examples. So for the last time, ladies... Lift heavy, lift the heaviest stuff you can with uh, obviously proper form and being perfect and you guys will look exactly the way that you want to. I promise you that. Next one, you guys should never attempt to lose weight and look a certain way at the expense of your health and we call this don't let your fitness steal your fitness and I think a lot of people do this in the competing world. We had it when Felicia Merrill was on, we talked about it definitely. So do not sacrifice being healthy for looking a certain way or losing weight. In the long run, you're going to lose, you're going to suffer, and you're going to wish you did the right way in the first place. So take that for what it is. Next one, dehydrating your muscles and your body by even 3% can cause you guys to have a 10% loss in strength, which is humongous in terms of you guys lifting and training. So the takeaway, drink a ton of water, most of you at least 100 ounces per day, even more so if you're active or in the summertime. And again, dehydrating your body, your muscles, by just 3% will cause at least a 10% loss in strength. Drinking water makes a difference. It's it's overly simplistic and so stupid. And I get annoyed if I'm ever like sick and I go to a, a doctor or a PA and they're like, oh, you know, stay hydrated. Like, I know, I know they have to say that because it, it, it baffles me how many people don't do it. I don't need to hear it. I drink fluids all day, every single day. And when I don't um, drink enough water or fluid and I go to sleep and I wake up the next day, I feel like I'm completely hungover and like I went out drinking all night, even though I didn't have any drinks. And oftentimes, you guys, when you are drinking alcohol, um, it's the dehydration, which is causing that massive, terrible hangover. So just put that as a reminder for you. Next one. 80% of people, give or take, I would say 80%, 8 out of 10, um, who start an exercise and fitness program will quit. Um, the failure rate of fitness and healthy eating and exercise is ridiculously high. Um, I think more so than even a lot of injuries because it is, it's hard to do. It's hard to stay the course. Um, people want it to happen now. They want it to happen quick. They're in a microwave world and culture and society, and it's really fucked people's brains up because they see Instagram and the ads and the late night infomercial bullshit. And just know, if you're in a program right now, even if you've been in it for a year or two years, and you're not where you want to be, and it hasn't went as fast as you want, you are beating at least 80% of people in the world, and you're doing the right thing. And what I always tell people is, they're like, well, I've been trying for so long. 
and it hasn't worked, so I'm going to quit. I'm like, well, what's your option then? You're going to quit fitness and quit a program and a community of people who help you and want to be there and can answer your questions and motivate you and show up for you, and you think somehow on your own it's going to get better, you're only going to get fatter, softer, wrinklier, and unhealthier. That's the reality. So, again, when you guys are in it, the biggest thing is just don't quit and stay consistent. We'll touch on that later before I let you guys go. Next one. Strength gains come from legit muscle hypertrophy. Um, and the improved the muscle fiber recruitment when you guys are training. So what I would tell you is lift through all rep ranges. Uh, if you're focusing on you know building muscle, I would say a lot of you guys, and again, we can go back and forth on rep ranges. I like to believe them all. I would say probably don't go any, for a lot of you guys, any heavier than, you don't have to worry about your one rep max. I don't think it matters for most of you guys. Three, four, five reps is as low as I would go. For most of you, probably five reps is as low as I would go. And for some of the strength, that hypertrophy stuff, maybe 12 reps is the cap and live somewhere in that, you know, eight to 12 rep range or anywhere from that five to 10 rep range. There's some magic for a lot of you that happens around 10 reps and keep the rest times to probably like 60 to 90 seconds. I think you're going to build muscle um, at a pretty good pace if you're on a good program and, and eating well. Next, the more muscle you guys have, the more calories you're going to burn at rest. The muscle tissue eats fat all day long. So your muscle essentially is your metabolism. The more lean muscle tissue you can have in your body, the leaner you're going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me, I still got a Metcon cough here. That's why I tell people, um, my body has to work really hard just to, to maintain it and keep this going. That's why I can kind of uh, you know, get away with what I can get away with. And uh, the more lean muscle you have, the more efficient you're going to be. So don't be afraid to uh, strength train and push yourself. And again, pick up some heavy stuff once in a while. Next one, uh, once you guys are an adult, you, you can create more fat cells on your body. That's reality. Uh, but you can't lose them. So meaning if you're, and it, this is going to be a crazy number. It's it's in the, probably in the, you know, uh, millions or billions or trillions, some crazy number of fat cells we have in our body. I could Google it. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but I know the number is a lot. But let's say you guys have 100 fat cells that you're born with. Genetically, you're born with 100 fat cells. Um, and that number is way smaller. But for the sake of the podcast, just ride with me here. Um, 100 fat cells is what we have. Your body can create more. So you can create another 500 by the way that you eat and live your life. And those do not go away. So once you have 100 and you give it 500 more, now you have 600 for the rest of your life. So now you have 600 fat cells for the rest of your life and they're never going anywhere. You can shrink them down drastically by how you eat. They're never going to be glossed and gone. They're always going to be there. They can be shrunken or almost, I don't want to say dormant, uh, but they can be you know, not filled and non-existent in your body. So just know you can shrink them down almost next to nothing if you start to change the way you eat, train, and live your life. So if you guys are super overweight right now, just know those fat cells will not disappear, but you can shrink them and you get back to an amazing rock and shape uh, with a little bit of uh, hardcore effort and energy. Next one. Direct ab work, you guys, is not necessary to have a set of just good abs. Now, if you want elite, amazing abs, I think you're going to have to probably do a little bit of extra work. It's going to, you know, genetically where the ligaments are, it, it just is how it is, whether they're straight or sideways or you have four or six or eight big ones that, that actually show. Um, but your abs are basically the stabilizer muscles. Um, and your, your abs, the function of your abs is keep to keep your spine uh, in place over your base of support, which is your feet in essence. And so your abs are there to stabilize when you guys squat, when you deadlift, uh, when you do you know pull-ups, many of the great exercises, plank holds, you name it. Um, and it's not required for you to do a ton of direct ab work. So you don't have to do abs for an hour a day. I think it's probably way too much for you guys in terms of prioritizing how you train. Um, 
but just know having a good diet and nutrition, having your body fat low enough is how they're going to be visible. Now, if, you're at, if your abdominal area is thicker, if you have thicker, blockier abs because you've you know, done heavy deadlifts and squats and, and overhead presses and you know, pull-ups and kettlebell swings and you name it, um, they can be visible at a higher body fat depending on genetically where your body fat is stored. But just know you don't have to do 45 minutes of abs every day to have your abs show. It is a body fat issue and then obviously genetically how you guys are predisposed. You can work them. I'm not saying don't work them. But just know you don't have to do you know abs for 30 minutes a day to get them to show because the reality is that's not how it works. Hopefully you guys know that by now. Um, your your workout times, um, the duration of the workout is not as important as the intensity of the workout, if that makes sense to you guys. So it's not about how long you're training. It's about the intensity inside there. So the workout intensity, there's a connection to the amount of epoch, you know, the, the afterburn effect of you guys training. Um, to losing fat. So if you want to boost, you know, your intensity of your workouts, you're going to burn more fat. That's how it works. That's why HIT training is great. Uh, real HIT training, not a lot of the bullshit these fucking gyms are selling you guys. But real, in terms of HIT training, uh, really pushing the limits. Uh, you know, true Tabata style. Not again, not a lot of the stuff that they're throwing out there because everything these guys say is Tabatas is really not that. Um, it's the intensity of which you guys train with is going to make the biggest difference uh, for you in terms of burning fat. So I love sprinting as well. That's why I love the short, quick, intense workouts. And as opposed to you guys sitting here for 90 minutes kind of BSing through your day. Uh, I think the, the better intensity you guys can have, it'll save you time to live a, a life outside of the gym and be lean and healthy and happy. Next one. Healthy testosterone levels are good for men and they're also good for women. So if you guys you know, ever get your blood work checked and, and your hormones are out of whack, it's going to be really hard for you guys to make progress. When your testosterone is rolling the right way and all your hormones are you know, going the way they should, uh, you guys are going to be much, much better off. Next one here, whole grain bread um, or whole grains in general uh, typically contain a ton of artificial ingredients and they're like a chemical shitstorm. So what I urge you guys when you're looking at breads, pick one that uses whole food ingredients. Uh, If you want my two cents, I would say like the Ezekiel products are probably some of the best overall. I haven't looked at every single Ezekiel product, but they do make a lot of really good stuff uh, from sprouted grains and uh, they do good work and they have to be refrigerated. So again, you know, you're kind of dealing with the right stuff. Next one on my list, the average person can store about 500 grams of glycogen in their system. <clears throat> Excuse me, that Matt count's coming back to haunt me. So again, the average person can store about 500 grams of glycogen in the body, meaning your body can hold about that 500 grams of that le- le- legit um, carbohydrates in the system at one time. So take that for what it is when you guys, if you're, you know, if you're endurance runners or you're training or you're looking uh, at certain things and numbers wise in terms of macros and what you're putting in, that is about the number for most of us. Next one. You burn more calories, you guys, during the 23 hours you're not exercising as opposed to the one hour you're exercising or the 30 minutes you are exercising. So that's why I say what you're doing outside of the gym in terms of how you guys sleep and how you eat is crucial and it's important. And that's why I say your muscle is your metabolism. So the more efficient you guys can be um, in your life outside of the gym, the more progress you guys are going to make. Man, this is brutal. Uh, Overall. So again, you guys burn more in the 23, 23 half hours outside of the gym every day than you do in the 30 minutes. That's why I don't believe in the the my heart rate zone. And I'm nothing against it. I just don't think you guys, you know, oh, I burned 500 calories. In the scope of your entire day, it's a drop in the bucket, man. It really isn't anything. It's what you do outside of this that's going to have an even bigger impact. That's why I say being so efficient with sleep and food and having the, the training make sense is the biggest game changers. Next one. 
you're never too old to do squats um, or deadlifts, in my opinion. I, I really don't believe that. I don't care if you're 90 years old. Um, you can probably do some form of hip hinging and some form of squatting for sure. It's how we get on and off the toilet. And I've shared this stat before. It's why you know three-fourths of people are in nursing homes. Um, it's because they can't get on and off the toilet by themselves. I mean, they can't do three-fourths of a bodyweight squat, which is a really sad fucking thing to see. Um, hopefully, I'm never in that position. I can hold on to my mobility and some version of strength my entire life if I make it to 90. And uh, that's my belief. That's why we have everybody here squat. We have everybody here try to hinge at the hips. And if you can hinge at the hips safely, like keeping in a neutral spine and having some trunk integrity, you can do just about any movement and fitness in the life you really need to do. Next one. The scale cannot measure body fat, and those ones that do are full of shit, and they're completely wrong, but body calipers can, DEXA scan can, and even the bod pod probably gets pretty close. So if you're looking at measuring progress, I would say the scale is probably like number 98 on my list of things. There's much better metrics, getting clipped, doing DEXA scan, um, or even jumping into bod pod or looking how you look in the mirror are much better metrics than you guys going by, well, I lost two pounds this week, I gained three pounds this week. So many factors go into that, you guys uh, don't. Don't let the scale dictate your success and your joy and your progress because it, it really can't. Next one, the only essential macros, you guys, are proteins and fats. That's it. Proteins and fats are the only essential macronutrients, meaning if you don't get enough of them quality over time, you'll probably get like some form of autoimmune disease or some sickness and you'll die. That's reality. Um, there is no essential carbohydrate. So that means there is not a certain carbohydrate that you have to eat to live your life. In fact, you don't ever have to eat a carbohydrate to live your life. You'd still keep living and you would not die. Um, that doesn't mean don't eat them. It doesn't mean you don't need them. It doesn't mean they're bad for you or vilifying them. Your body can convert, obviously, the excess protein to carbohydrates at a really shitty conversion rate, so it can happen. That's why the people, again, on keto try to keep their protein relatively low so they don't have the conversion. But there is no essential carbohydrate. So if somebody tells you you have to eat Brussels sprouts or you have to eat sweet potatoes or you have to eat brown rice, you do not. You can pick and choose. The carbohydrates have a place, but just so you know, there's essential proteins, there's essential fats, there is no essential carbohydrate. Take that for what it is. Next one, you can't target fat loss. Hopefully we know this. There is no such thing as spot reduction. You can't just work your glutes and think your glutes will lose fat. You can't just do sit-ups and think your body, you know, your stomach will lose fat. Um, your body you can't pick and choose where the fat comes off and where muscle goes on. That would be super awesome if we could, trust me, you guys. Uh, if that was a thing, I would have found out by now and I would have been doing it for years and sold it to you and I'd be richer than Jeff Bezos and we'd all have fun and look like fucking rock stars. But unfortunately, you have to eat right and train well and the fat's going to come off where it comes off. You just have to be diligent and give it time if you have some trouble spots and things that are uh, you know, not where you want them to be just yet. Next one. Muscle does not weigh more than fat for the record. It is just denser in the same space. So it's like I would tell you, what weighs more, 100 pounds of bricks or 100 pounds of feathers? And I say this and people say, well, 100 pounds of bricks. No genius. It is 100 pounds of bricks and it's 100 pounds of feathers. They are both 100 pounds. They both weigh exactly the same. It's just your 100 pounds of bricks takes up about the space of, uh, you know, a small box and your 100 pounds of feathers basically takes up an entire room. So again, muscle and fat... <clears throat> a pound and a pound, just know that they're a density difference. When they weigh the same, they weigh the same. Next one, you do not need to do a shit ton of cardio to lose weight. You only have to be at a calorie deficit to lose weight. 
That does not mean cardio doesn't help. In my opinion, doing just basic cardio stuff is like ketchup. I'm from the Midwest or ranch dressing if you're a Midwest person. It makes everything better. Uh, That is my belief. That's why I try to sprinkle in a lot of aerobic stuff. I do think um, it helps you in, in all of your fat loss goals. But just know as long as you're at a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight most definitely. Next one. Zero grams of fat on labels, you guys, doesn't always mean there's no fat in the food products. You have to check the ingredients overall. A lot of times, I think the labels, if it's under 0.5 grams per serving, I think they can say it's zero fat. So that'd be meaning if it was like 0.4, I believe it still can have fat in it and they let that kind of slide by. So just be very diligent and cautious when you got to read labels of like things that say what's natural um, or it's organic or it's this. I mean, or if it's grass fed, it can mean it was just grass finished, but the animal ate you know, corn or a different product its entire life. There's a lot of things I'm, I'm really skeptical of. And again, um, I want to put my trust in people and the government and people in the FDA. But uh, like anything, just, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and make the best choice you can when you guys are looking at labels. Next one, your guys' insulin and your growth hormone have a kind of an inverse relationship, if you will. So you guys are going to have to keep your insulin under control or like under wraps if you want your, you know, growth hormone in your body to do its job and really, um, you know, mobilize fat and burn fat so you can be as lean and healthy, as happy as you want. And that just you guys being very smart about uh, the amount of sugars you take in, the amount of carbohydrates in general, proteins, fats, the macros and the timing of those things and just being very smart about it. And just know that, you know, insulin and the growth uh, hormone kind of play off one another in your body. Next one on the list, just so we're clear on macros, you guys, at the total, carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and alcohol have a breakdown per one. So your carbohydrates, you're looking at 4 grams per calorie. Your proteins, you're looking at 4 grams per calorie. Your fat, you're looking at 9 grams per calorie. And your alcohol, you're looking at about 7, you know, excuse me, calories per gram. I'm, I'm literally just losing my mind today. So when you guys look at that, every time you eat carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and alcohol, it has a 4497 calories per gram, respectively. So take that for what it is. So just know, you guys, when you're tracking macros, that's how you would deduce alcohol, uh, your fat, and your proteins, and your carbohydrates. So every time you guys eat carbs, proteins, fats, and alcohol, it's 4, 4, 9, and 7 calories per gram for your carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and your alcohol. Obviously, fat being uh, the highest calories per gram. And uh, that is kind of the breakdown. So when you're tracking things, just know that will be how it breaks down in your macro ranges. Next one on the list, the fat burning zone uh, does not burn more total fat calories when you guys are training. That's why, again, I'm not a huge fan of the zone stuff. I like you guys to track things with overall numbers and ranges. But just know um, only the higher percentage of, of calories matters burn during the workout not oh this percentage was fat this percentage was muscle like again how accurate that really is who knows in each of us in individual bodies so that's why i wouldn't worry about training in the fat burning zone i'd worry about you guys just getting up and crushing it and just burning as many calories as fucking possible during the workout and let the chips fall where they may if you do that over time i think you'll be way more successful than just staying in the fat burning zone i give the example all the time like you think when lebron james goes to practice and plays in a game or he's training he's just trying to quote unquote train in the fat burning zone no, he's out there punching it. You think when Adrian Peterson is hitting the weight room, he's trying to stay in the fat burning zone? No, he's going in there to fucking crush it. And I understand that they might not be going for fat loss as the goal. They're, they're training for more performance, but they look pretty freaking good, don't they? So if you guys would attack it with the same intensity, I think you'll uh, you know, end up in the same wheelhouse. Next one. 
you guys can eat anything you want uh, in terms of food and, and lose weight. Uh, you can eat Sour Patch Kids, Gummy Worms, uh, Doritos, Taco Bell, drink six Mountain Dews a day. If you're in a calorie deficit, you can lose weight eating all that shit. But the weight loss doesn't always equal fat loss and doesn't always change your composition and make you healthier. So that's the thing. That's where people fall into you kind of this weird area when they're doing uh, – if it fits your macros, they're crushing Pop-Tarts every day, they're eating donuts, they're eating a bunch of processed shit that's not helping them in terms of micronutrients or making their body healthier. But if they are at a deficit, they can lose weight. Um, but that does not necessarily mean that they're going to lose a huge amount of body fat with that. There will be some. But again, I would urge you guys to eat you know, quality whole foods, eat the treats and stuff when you want to, and just know that's why I say weight loss doesn't always mean that you're healthy. Weight loss and being skinny doesn't always mean that you're fit and that you're doing the right thing. So... Just bookmark that one. Next on the list, when people say uh, lactic acid, they'll say it all the time. Oh, man, I'm so sore. There's lactic acid from a couple days ago. Lactic acid, you guys, is not caused by DOMS. And when I say DOMS, I'm talking like the delayed onset muscle soreness. Lactic acid is not caused, um, does not cause that effect. Lactic acid in your body typically returns to normal levels within about an hour of you guys finishing exercise and training. So, if you're sore three days later, um, lactic acid is not the cause of that delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, micro tears in the body, uh, inflammation, 19 other things going on in your body, and just know it's not the lactic acid. So when you hear people say that, you don't have to correct them and tell them they're crazy, but just know they're crazy uh, in your head when you guys are listening. Next one on the list, your weight loss and your fat loss is a physical challenge, but it's just as much of a mental challenge as it is physical. Your weight loss and your fat loss is just as much of a mental challenge as it is a physical challenge. Um, I promise you that. Some of the people here I've seen the most successful are the ones who are willing to be diligent, take their time, uh, put their best foot forward, and be consistent and know that mentally they have to win the battle um, when their kids have a bunch of shitty food around them. They have to win the battle when they're at a birthday party. They have to win the battle when they're at a happy hour. They have to win the battle at the office. They have to make the right choice when they're at the airport and they're stuck. That's a mental game. You have to be mentally stronger than you are physically stronger. And once you can own it in your brain between the ears, you can get your body to do a lot of really awesome shit. And when you can stack up enough little wins mentally and physically, you're going to get that snowball effect and you guys are going to be ultra successful. And so just know it's a mental game just as much as it is a physical game. That's why in all of our programs, I don't care what program you do with us, the 47 day especially, it's on a, on a deep, I'm, I'm talking to your core, like the deepest level of the onion, we're peeling it back. But that's why we coach fitness as the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional side of fitness. And here's my side note. A lot of our people don't even know we do this. Um, we layer in so much active gameplay here, so many mental games and tests and recovery. And that's when you watch our people train. It's not just watching, you know, hip hinges and movement patterns um, and you know, scap retracting. Like, yeah, that stuff's important. But we're watching them how competitive they are with each other, with themselves. Are they pushing themselves, uh, you know, for, you know, PR times? Are they working on form? Are they working on tempo? Are they competitive when we do some gameplay here? Um, we're challenging them mentally in more ways than they even realize. And the same thing with the eating and the food and the protocols and what we do. And it's the people who can kind of wrap their head around the mental stuff. Um, they tend to own the physical stuff as well. And the last one, you guys, in my opinion, consistency and patience are key to long-term success in fitness in fat loss, in weight loss, in mobility, in strength, in finances, in marriage, in career, in fucking life. Consistency 
and patience are the key to long-term success in everything you do on this planet. Um, I don't think I'll ever change from that stance. I, I've believed it you know, for the last probably 15 years, and uh, I'll believe it until the damn dead. The only reason I can sit here and talk to you guys and thousands of you guys listen to me ramble on is because I'm consistent and I'm patient. Um, that's, that's how I've gotten here. That's how I've, you know, I have the marriage that I have. That's how I uh, have the finances I have. That's how I have the body that I have and I live the life that I do. I'm not super talented. Uh, I've never been given anything. I don't have a a million gifts, um, but I'm consistent and I'm patient and I'm diligent as fuck and I'm willing to work on things and give them time and understand that nobody in life got amazing body in two seconds. Nobody became a millionaire in two seconds. Nobody had an amazing marriage in two seconds. Nobody got anything in life worth a shit. Instantly, easily. It took them being consistent and patient over time and just know that your fat loss and your weight loss and your muscle building goals and you living a healthy, happy lifestyle are the same way. The two biggest things you guys have to be great at if you want to jot this down is being consistent and being patient. If we should put, I'm going to put on a t-shirt. We're just going to give that. Um, I'm actually writing that down right now. If you guys are on YouTube, you can watch me actually jot this down on pen and paper because I think it's that important. So consistency and patience, you guys, are the key in your fitness life, but outside of that as well. And that's why I say everything is fitness and everything is not fitness. It's all interconnected and it's all intertwined. So if you can be consistent and patient in your life with your wife, with your kids, with your schooling, with your career, with your fitness, with your eating, with everything you do, you guys are going to have long-term success. It's just wash, rinse, repeat, being consistent and being patient over time, you guys are going to win. While other people are sprinting to get super fast results, doing fad, quick shit, you know, chasing uh, this kind of diet, this kind of workout program, chasing Bitcoin, chasing this, chasing that, you guys play it, you know, slow, the long game, and understand that, you know, God willing, you're going to live a long, amazing life, and you're going to win the marathon. And you're going to look back a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and be like, you know what? He was right, and that was what it was. It's just you guys putting in the work and being diligent every single day. I know it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next month, and it might not even happen next year. But give it time, and you guys will be successful long term. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Sorry for the coughing along the way and me getting confused on a handful of things because I am tired and exhausted, and I need to go eat a burger and uh, live my life and not feel bad about it because I've earned it today, and that's how I'm rolling. So Anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a DM, send me a request. I have a lot of stuff coming on the pipe. All the stuff you guys have requested, I'm going to get to it. Um, these were just in the queue before that. I'm going to try to get through at least two or three this week. If you are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment, please. There's literally thousands and thousands of you guys listening to every episode. Um, what do I got on iTunes? About 500 reviews. Thank you for guys. I appreciate that. Um, and again, if you want to drop a comment, even if it's just leave a sentence or two words, um, I truly do appreciate it. Selfishly, it does help us move up the rankings and, and more people hear it and see it. Um, and it helps spread our message and it helps change them. So if you have a friend or family member who needs to hear some of these tips, shoot it to them because there's a lot of myths we debunked in here for you guys that can really help um, with their long-term success or cut their journey. I don't want to say short, but cut their 
I guess, speed accelerate the results and cut the time they would be wasting down drastically. And that's only my goal here for the podcast for you guys is to create some value, keep you motivated, keep you inspired, keep you educated, and hopefully uh, keep you entertained uh, every once in a while. So, uh, again, you guys, send me the requests you want to hear. I'm happy to uh, shoot them out. And again, our 34 Day to Fit Challenge is April the 22nd. If you guys want to get down with that and rock with me, you'll learn a lot. You'll have a lot of fun. We'll challenge you physically most definitely um, as we've we really tackled a, a bunch of different training modalities inside there. So it is a game changer if you let it be. So until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.